Okay guys, we're still here. We're in California. Me and Jeffrey just hanging out with our new newfound friend Kim Vu, who's who's a Seattle market exec for our friends at Bank of America. Kim, welcome. Thanks for having me. We're excited to just kind of joke around for a few minutes, if you don't mind. Cool, sounds, sounds good. Fun. Yeah. yeah, and I have a running tally of every time uh, Mark says experience, so that's ready to go. Sweet. <laughs> I'll keep a mental note. Good. As well. Good. Please do. Um, so we are talking about experience. Experience. And we're interested in hearing, we're talking to a wide variety of different companies, different sectors. What does it mean to the Bank of America to be an experience-driven business? When I think of, from the perspective of Bank of America, when we think of experience, we think of what kind of environment can we create for our customers, our clients, our community and our um, and our employees that is inclusive of the needs that they have that is inclusive of the different um, solutions that are required for us to be able to build a community that has the pathways towards economic mobility for all because really when we think about what's important for us and why we why we exist it's really to be able to find that connection to really bring the financial needs of our of our um, constituents together and really help solve for those things so when we think about solutions building for um, for different things whether it's that one-on-one -on -one interaction with their finances or when we're thinking holistically how do we reach and meet the needs of 50 million customers worldwide right, right. and we think about um, innovation we don't say hey you know like we've got a great idea let's just go try it out on 50 million customers, right? We really have to iterate in a way that's really thoughtful um, by including our employees in that process, um, always kind of testing with our employees alongside with them, um, getting a lot of ideas and going through a process with our employees to help get us to a place where we can say, okay, if we're gonna test something, let's test it with our with the base of our employees first because our employees are also our customers, many of us are, um, if not all. And, um, you know, and then say, okay, what's working, what's not working? And before we go and we, we unveil to all of our customers and to the community to really make sure that it's something that's going to meet the needs um, of our constituents. Yeah. So, Kim, I mean, at least you have a small group. I mean, you, at least you're not starting, like, at 50 million or something, you know? Right. Uh -huh. So how do, how do you even begin to start? So 50 million is a big number. I can't count that high. And Jeff yeah. stopped counting about three years ago. So <laughs> what what we're trying to figure out is like, what do you do? So I understand the piece that okay, I go to employees and we say let's try it and see if this works. And if it works, then we we blow it out bigger to the, to to our actual customer base. But we're talking about big big numbers. Mm -hmm. How do you start? Well, yeah, I it's been really interesting, and I'll talk about it from my own experience of. Wait, are we only counting his? We're only marks? counting his. You're oh, fine. Okay, you can cool. as many. I can use. You can check as many, many boxes as you want. <laughs> it's just more. This is an unfair game. But yeah. but when I when I look at um, you know I think about innovation. I think about product development in my in my career up until leading to joining the bank three and a half years ago. A lot of the work that I was doing with this um, credit unions, so small to mid sized credit unions, um, with employee bases of at max was probably about two hundred. Now I'm at an organization that has 207,000 employees, right? So the scale of which innovation and development is much different, right? So before when I was looking at, oh, hey, you know, we've got a great idea. We think it's going to solve um, 
market challenge for our, for our members or our customers, it was a much different experience of like, let's go try pilot this and test it with a small group of our customers or, um, or a particular population within our community. It was much different kind of, um, I think, process to get there. And then coming to the bank and looking at it going, wow, you can't do that because if you screw up one thing, you're screwing it up for a lot of people, like right? Snapchat. Yeah, <laughs> right. You can't just go making an update you, without yeah, asking people. Yeah, you, you can't. So, I mean, I think you have to look at, you really have to think, you have to be so much more intentional about that process of um, and timing it in a way where you don't overthink that process so that you miss the window of innovation, right? Like, because you want to be able to be adaptive to the needs that are happening in the Place, while also being able to deliver something that's actually going to solve a problem, right? Not create more problems. Um, and so I think it's always been really interesting um, over the course of the last few years, just really as an employee within this organization and learning what that process looks like and how we deliver for our customers and our clients. Um, and only coming up with those solutions that really are going to address those needs, right? We're not creating need where there isn't one. We're, we're really listening and paying attention to What's happening in the market? What do we see coming that we we know our customers will need, um, and then start developing at that at that point. Uh, I'll give you an example. Just recently, um, we launched um, Erica, um, which is our AI um, voice activated um, service on through our mobile app. Um, and Erica was something that we've been working on for a while, and we actually launched it first with our employees to test it out, ask a lot of different questions to Erica about, you know, what's my balance, um, make a transfer, things like that, that we knew that we needed to make sure that we got right first before we started rolling out. And even when we rolled out to Marketplace, we rolled out by state by state by state versus going, hey, we're just gonna roll out to all 50 states and 91 different markets that we're in and call it a day. It was really methodical around and intentional how do we do it just to make sure that if there are things that aren't working, we're catching them along the way so that by the time it goes full board, it really is at a place where our customers and our clients are going to see value in it. Yeah, I think a lot of innovation for Bank of America has to do with kind of level setting expectations, right? Because customers don't know that, I mean, they're, not, they're aware, but they don't think about the day-to-day -day of what you're doing. So they just go, I want this. I want this to right. work right now. And you know that it's going to take a little bit more time when you're in a larger organization. So, you know, talk to me a little bit about kind of like level setting those expectations and how you bring out and roll out experience. Yeah, I think um, I can't speak to that specifically just because I don't spend my day to day, you know, yeah. in that space. But I can definitely talk about it from, you know, the world that um, that I manage in our marketplace in Seattle. You know, when we look at partnerships, we're looking at how we roll out new developments that are coming from enterprise into our marketplace. It's really saying, okay, here's what the solution is or here's what the partnership or the opportunity is. How does it fit with our current community? So being able to really look at each particular community and saying what resonates for this specific community, because what resonates in Seattle may not resonate in Denver or in New York or in Amarillo, Texas, or, you know, so depending on where we are, being able to say, okay, like, here's a solution. It's not going to be a one-size-fits-all, um, but how do we actually take these resources that we have and actually ensure that it fits in um, the needs of our local community? And that's 
whether it's product and service, whether it's you know uh, our investments in community through our philanthropic initiatives or partnerships that we're doing through sponsorship or marketing, all those different things we're thinking about from that local perspective as a global organization. How do you deal with, and I'm sure this varies in the very same way that that what might work in Seattle doesn't work in Denver, doesn't work in wherever. How do you deal with all of the different touch points that your that your customers are seeing? Whether we talked a little bit about you know coming into the bank or using a mobile app or using a desktop, like how do you optimize that for the customers, knowing that all the customers are different? Yeah, I think it's a. I mean, you can't be be all things to all people all the time, um, but I think that. We try to meet as many of those needs as possible, and a lot of that does come through feedback, right, from our customers and, and our employees, and we do that on a regular basis, and I think that that feedback is incredibly important. We want to hear it all, good, better, and different. We take we take all of that, that feedback in, and um, as a market executive for Seattle, you know, I do spend a lot of time doing that. One of the things that we do on the community side, um, as an example, every year, you know, I sit down with... Um, a lot of the leaders, our local leaders in the community, from the business sector, from the public sector, um, our nonprofit partners, um, just a uh, just a huge swath of partners, even folks that we are not funding or working with, but we just want to hear what's your perception of the bank, and are we doing are we doing what we need to be doing in the marketplace? What's what do you perceive as our role within the community, um, and what could we be doing? What are we doing right? What could we be doing better? What do you want to see more of? What do you want to see less of? Um, and how can we contribute to really pulling pulling community together? Kim, as, as we close out, I'm interested in your thoughts on, for Kim Vu, as the, the market exec in Seattle, what does it mean to you to be, to be an experience maker? Uh, well, what does that mean and how, what are you guys doing at Bank of America to create really good experiences? <laughs> Another tick mark. I think um, and being an experience maker is really about listening. Um, it's so much more about listening than it is about talking. I think um, you can't create meaningful experiences without really understanding where people are coming from authentically. Um, because you, I think if you try to create an experience without that understanding, um, you miss the mark, right? And I think that's where this larger conversation that's happening in, in our country around looking at diversity and inclusion and equity and how that all plays into that the experience building so that you create an inclusive environment that allows for all of those voices to be heard um, to really create a, like a, that's what I'm looking for, like just to really create um, a moment that is memorable, um, that creates meaningful relationships because at the end of the day, I mean, we're all, at some point or another, we're all selling the same widget. It doesn't yeah. really matter what the widget is, um, but it's really about the the memory of the experience of the relationship. Because we can build we can build tech toys all day long, and we can build products and and um, and, um, and services. But I, at the end of the day, it still comes back to the connection to being humans. Yeah, it's a relationship thing. Whether totally. it's in banking or it's cars or anything, where I mean, there's variation. Mm -hmm. Certainly, there's different. Yep. Off, there are different offerings. Absolutely. But they're they're you know on a spectrum, not that far away from each other. So what you're doing is you're basically, it's a preference, mm -hmm. right? Or it's a relationship, or it's 
you know, just a kind of generational thing handed down why you would want to pick one or the other. So that's why the relationship piece is so important. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. Thank Likewise. you so much. Yeah. Again, you know, everybody. It flies, doesn't it? It, it absolutely does. does fly. Uh, so we're checking in here with Kim Vu again. Uh, check us out. We're on the major podcasting networks, and this is a really cool podcast. And Kim is And not cool just because we're in it. It actually It's is much cooler, though, because people like Kim are in it. Yeah. It has you, nothing to do it's with it. Pe people never listen. Because when, when you look at it, it doesn't say, like, Jeff and Mark are in the pod. It just says, like, the guests. Yeah. So it's never us. So don't worry, guys. This podcast isn't about us. It's about Kim. Yeah. It's about Kim. And so what we should definitely make sure we do is we uh, don't let Kim talk at all. We just talk back and forth for, like, three whole minutes. I'm just watching. It's like a tennis yeah. match in here. Yeah. yeah. Just lob them back and forth. Let's see what we can do. Unless, you know, I might have pulled something. I'll bow out before before I play Sharapova. So. Thanks, Kim. Sweet. Awesome. Thanks so much.